everyone, welcome to What Really Works, a mental health podcast for young adults and youth. In these podcasts, you can expect to hear us chat about mental health and provide well-being tips and tricks with the odd joke thrown in. What Really Works is brought to you by Discovery College, an initiative run by the Canadian Mental Health Association, Kelowna, where lived and living experience and learned experience informs everything we do. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hello, what really works, listeners? It's us. And by us, I mean, it's Olivia and Becky. How's it going, Becky? I'm so stoked to be here. I feel like it's been a really long time. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've done a recording. I know. Well, what really works, listeners, we'll just update you a little bit. So Becky and I are currently doing a Zoom recording because your girl, Olivia, has moved to Victoria, British Columbia, and I am now working for the Boys and Girls Club as a youth substance use uh, interventionalist, kind of running a youth substance use program for the Boys and Girls Club in Greater Victoria. So I have moved on from CMHA Kelowna, but I have not moved on from what really works. And I definitely have not moved on from Becky. Uh, (laughs) We're here. We're thriving. We're podcasting. Let's do this. Yeah, it's exciting. So today, what are we talking about, Becky? Well, we're going to continue on the relationships train. All aboard the relationship train, which I have so many juicy updates since our last episode, you guys. Oh my goodness. A lot has changed for you regarding that. Uh, So much has changed. (laughs) That'll get slid in as we go through. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the last, I guess, part one of our relationships mini series, we covered mainly communication and some expectations in there and how they work. And we mentioned a tiny tiny little bit about trust in that so we're going to kind of continue on that and this episode is going to be covering vulnerability and trust in regards to relationships and them being either platonic or non-platonic relationships too okay so trust are you would you describe yourself as a very trusting person becky that's a really hard question actually isn't it i've been thinking on it I would say yes and no, (laughs) which I think probably a lot of people identify with. I would say I like to put like my faith in people. I generally start out with, especially with like, you know, meeting someone new, I'll start out with thinking like, you know what, like I'm, I don't really know much about you. So like, let's see where this goes, but I'm not going to go in telling them the deepest parts about me. I'll you know, see how it goes (laughs) and take it from there almost. But then the people that are like super, super close with me, I'd say I'm very, very like trusting of. Yeah, absolutely. So you mean you don't go into meeting a complete stranger and just give them uh, your whole, let all the skeletons out of the closet and give them your whole deepest, darkest secrets? No, definitely not. I feel like I kind of do that sometimes. (laughs) Not because I'm a trusting person, but just because I like to sometimes have attention and sometimes just like try to get people to laugh and have a good time and occasionally I get in one of those moods especially when I'm meeting new people where I'm just like here it is here's me in totality I'll just bear my soul to you um and then it's actually quite the opposite for me where with 
strangers or well not not that I'm just like chatting with strangers constantly um but with people that I don't really know all that much or that I haven't developed a very deep relationship with I feel much more comfortable being open and honest and vulnerable than I do with people that I'm very close to and that's because there's more risk involved for me with the folks that I'm close to so it's actually harder for me to trust the people that I really care about because I get worried that I will, I don't know, lose them or something like that. So trust is, I wouldn't say it's necessarily hard for me, but it's funny because it's almost reversed. Like you would think that, that you would trust the people that you're close with more and people that you're not with less, but yeah, no, it's reversed. Yeah, that's really interesting. Even actually just thinking about like how with this podcast works, sometimes it's a lot easier to like share things just on on this podcast than it is if I was just like sitting having a conversation with like my parents yeah absolutely because it feels as though you know there's you know what it kind of reminds me of a little bit is um you know in a small town and everyone knows each other and it feels very like trusting and there's a big community and you know everyone kind of knows each other and it's very supportive oftentimes versus in like a big city no one really knows each other and that can feel off-putting sometimes because there's not a big community but there's also like safety in the anonymity in a big city right because there's so many people that all the people passing you on the street they're not going to even notice you or remember who you are um and that's the same kind of feeling that like podcasting or like chatting with a stranger or something like that gives me for sure yeah i'm not far about it like that I don't really know the difference between trust and vulnerability, to be completely honest, because they seem like kind of the same thing to me. Well, they're very interlinked. Okay. Do we do we have a do we have a classic Becky definition of trust and vulnerability that you can just hit me with? I'm so stoked. Yeah, so like and as we go through the definitions and talk about them a little bit more, it'll become even more clearer how they're interlinked, right? So vulnerability, if you want to go way more into vulnerability than just this podcast, would recommend 100% reading or listening to anything about Brene Brown. She's like the queen of research on vulnerability. Uh, She's also just the queen of talking about relationships. So if you are enjoying this series so far and you want to delve more into it, then yeah, just see her for anything. And she, the way she talks about things is really like just relatable as well, considering she is a statistician. Um, she's, yeah, really down to earth and just really relatable in everything that she shares. Um, so we're going to use her definition of vulnerability. Um, and you'll notice when I kind of go through it, it's exactly what you were talking about, Olivia. So vulnerability cons contains three things so it's not true vulnerability if it doesn't include these three things so one is uncertainty so kind of that giving a bit of control away not being able to fully control the situation or the outcome so that uncertainty scary very scary 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 risk as well so I guess that like risk of like whether that's judgment getting turned down whatever it is like something where there's a risk of it could be a high reward or maybe not so great of a reward um and then the third thing is emotional exposure Mm. so kind of putting our emotions out there or putting that honesty out there like putting ourselves out there on the table really Um, yeah exposing our (laughs) exposing our emotions (laughs) 
it's basically that like unstable feeling that wobbly feeling we get when we step out of our comfort zone or do something that forces us to loosen our control I mean, just by the definition, you can tell why so many people, including myself, have a hard time with being vulnerable um, because there's, it's basically just like putting our whole selves on the right, on the line, right? Like when I said bearing our soul, that's kind of how it feels. And that's a very intimidating feeling for a lot of folks. Yeah. And there's, it's really interesting when you talk to people about vulnerability because it's quite often seen as a bad thing. Yeah, it is. When actually it's really not. So like I quite often when I have conversations with people about vulnerability, a lot of people see it as like another word for like almost weakness. I don't know if you found this, but you know, you talk about vulnerability and people are like that's a bad thing. That that means you're weak if you're vulnerable. It means that you're open to being kind of like hit down kind of thing. Well, um, yeah. And like it means that you know, when you're being vulnerable, you're expressing yourself and you are most often, I would say, expressing your your emotions and your thoughts and your feelings and things that are you know mean a lot to us and I feel like in society as well like it's not really I don't want to say it's taboo and it's definitely becoming a lot better for us to be open about our feelings and open about those those things that are going on for us and those tough things but it's not commonplace it's not something that you see day in and day out frequently with every interaction that you have, right? When you have an open and vulnerable interaction, it can feel like a lot. It can feel as though you just had like a really heavy conversation. And that's because number one, we don't practice it very often. Number two, it's not seen as something that like we're, we should always be doing often within like common Western society. And yeah, I think that plays a big part into why vulnerability is seen as a as a bad thing. Well, and I also think, you know, a lot of people only think of vulnerability as like, you know, really being open in about those like darkest parts of it, right? But it's actually so much more than that, you know, and vul- being vulnerable is an incredibly like brave act. I think that's something that we kind of need to like, you know, change the view on vulnerability being weakness and, ch- you know, it's not it's actually an act of bravery um really but like there's so many examples of like vulnerability in our day-to-day lives or like something that we might not have thought of being vulnerable so even things like if you post a picture on Instagram of something that you're super super proud of (laughs) putting yourself out there and saying I'm really proud of this and and there's that uncertainty of risk of you know what you you could get knocked down yeah a hundred percent you know, something that you put a lot of time and effort into people might be like well that's still not good there's that element of risk into it you know you're showing people a part of you things like asking for help from a friend or like telling someone what you need and a big one that I always think of is saying I love you first person to say it act of vulnerability because think if you think about it there's that huge part of emotional exposure. You're letting somebody know that you love them, which is a huge, huge thing for a lot of people. There's that risk and that uncertainty, like the uncertainty. You don't know if that person loves you back if you're the first person to say it. So there's that uncertainty. How are they going to respond? Are they going to say it back? Are they not? And then there's that risk of like, there's always, you know, you know, you could be scared of like rejection feel as though you're literally in my brain right now and what really works listeners I'm just like smiling so big and nodding so much right now because you're uh, yep this podcast host is 100% head over heels in love and has 
wanted to say that a couple times, many times, and has not. Um, and it's exactly because of that, because vulnerability is scary. And all of those things that Becky just said is exactly what's running through my head of like, okay, like what if they don't feel the same way? And then how does it work from there? And like that conversation is going to be uncomfortable if it doesn't turn out the way that like you want it to. And then, yeah, it's just a really intense, <laughs> intense thing to kind of set yourself up for, you know? Yeah. The thing is, is you know, we kind of, when, we think about vulnerability you've got to also think of like what what am I actually hoping to gain from being vulnerable right you know whether that's like asking a help from a friend you've got to be vulnerable to get that like support that we need right you know because if we don't then we don't get anything in return as well or even just like taking that that jump to ask someone on a date to say hey do you want to go on a date then that date's never going to happen what about situations where you don't necessarily know what you would be gaining other than maybe, I don't know, a lot of the time for me, vulnerability, I don't know what I would be gaining from the situation. It's more so a feeling of being authentic to myself. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I'm getting gaining from the vulnerability is, yeah, just being able to live my life in a fully, like, fulfilled way, right? Um, one of one of the things that I also wanted to add as an example of vulnerability is just like asking a friend to hang out for the first time. That's another thing that I've been really experiencing lately and also having a hard time with is, you know, there's like, I'm new to Victoria, I'm new to this area and there's, I want to make friends and there's a couple people that I'm like acquaintances with that I want to like text and ask to hang out. But again, that's kind of an act of vulnerability because you're putting yourself out there, you're asking someone to hang out with you and you have, you want a positive response back of yes, we can hang out, uh, but you don't know if you're going to get that response necessarily and then you don't know how hanging out is going to go and there's all those areas as well. I think vulnerability tends to definitely have a close association or maybe not a close association, but with vulnerability can also come, you know, quite a bit of anxiety for people because that risk or emotional exposure or feeling out of control can be really, really difficult for folks that num like have anxiety in general, but also just don't like that feeling. No one likes to feel anxious. No one likes to feel out of control. And if vulnerability is one of those things that makes us feel that way, then initially it can be really difficult for us to get in the habit or I guess let ourselves be vulnerable even though in the long term, it's way better for us and way better for our anxiety. That's, that's what's so hard about vulnerability as well is that sometimes like we really need it to be able to like actually support ourselves in the long run. Like that initial vulnerability might be like extremely, extremely difficult, but in the long run, it may like be beneficial towards us, I guess. So why is vulnerability so beneficial for us in the long term like when we say it's beneficial in the long term why why is that why does it help us if there's all this risk and emotional exposure and you know we haven't necessarily been talking about it in a negative way but uh it's not a comfortable thing right so if it's not comfortable for us then why is it why is it important why is it good because I think it it comes down to what you were saying before is it can help us lead that fulfilled life yeah if, especially with the people that are closest to us if we're not vulnerable with them they're never really going to know where we're truly at and they're never going to really know us fully um, mm -hmm. like I know if I'm not if I wasn't vulnerable with my boyfriend he wouldn't know like half like half of my personality 
<laughs> I guess I wouldn't know even like half of like what I need in life or even just like you know how that vulnerability might also just be like doing things that I actually do really want to do and things that do actually really excite me but there might just be that element of like uncertainty and risk and emotional exposure because it's something that is exciting to me right so it can really just help us have that more of a fulfilled life and get them the more support that we that we need right yeah and I think the other thing too is that it helps us to build our relationships in a healthier way right because if we're both if we go into a relationship whether it be a romantic relationship or a friendship with the intention of practicing vulnerability then we're not only doing that for ourselves but we're also opening up the floor for that person to then practice being vulnerable with us which then leads to trust and trust then leads to healthy communication and healthy communication leads to more trust which leads to more vulnerability which essentially just gives us a good foundation to be able to continue to build on that relationship and you know develop a good healthy connection where yeah where everyone's feelings and thoughts are hopefully respected and we feel secure and we feel loved in that relationship yeah which you know that sounds like a ideal situation really (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a little bit more difficult to achieve that than what it sounds uh again because we know that there is that uncomfortability and vulnerability practice or vulnerability requires practice too like it's not something that we just one day decide we're going to wake up and be vulnerable with everyone around us because there is an emotional weight to that like it can feel very heavy to not only um, describe the way that you're feeling or describe be vulnerable with someone else but also you have to be willing to be vulnerable with yourself in order to be vulnerable with other people because if you don't know how you're feeling and what's going on for you and able to like recognize those things within you then how the heck are you going to be able to say it to someone else you know or feel comfortable doing that with someone else and you know we're kind of talking about like vulnerability and like how it can obviously lead to positive things for us and help us in the long run get to where we would like to be but you know as in the definition of vulnerability there is risk with it and sometimes being vulnerable really doesn't go the way that we we really hoped it would sometimes it goes amazing when we're vulnerable and we're like oh my goodness like my worst nightmare didn't come true and in fact like I feel incredibly supported about this or this has gone really well for me um or even gone better than I thought it would like but sometimes when we are vulnerable with other people the outcome might suck yeah it's just very similar to what we were discussing in the communication episode of where we can have you know the best intentions going into a conversation we can use all of our i statements and communicate very clearly and directly and in a compassionate way but at the end of the day we cannot decide or control how someone is going to respond to what we communicate in the same way that we can't decide or control how someone is going to respond to our vulnerability and sometimes we can get the response that we really were hoping not to get <laughs> and that is uh what do we do in that situation oh, I feel other than like cry <laughs> really really difficult about that is it can then become a bit of a like a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah so it can become even harder to be vulnerable again because quite often as humans 
like we question always think of worst case scenario right that's what we naturally do like we've evolved to be able to like think of the worst cases and then like try and protect ourselves from that worst case right but what's really tricky is if we are really push ourselves to be vulnerable and then what we were really worried that was going to happen happens it's so much harder to put ourselves back out there again right if someone you know I don't know maybe we share that we're having like maybe we share that we're feeling extremely low at this moment um and that you're just like telling them you know what I might need a little bit of support I'm not really sure what to do but I'm just letting you know that I'm feeling really really low and you're thinking I just really really hope that they accept me for saying this and their response is I don't know maybe judgmental or like rejection or um not empathetic maybe like doing the classic well at least this or like why are you sat you know like asking those kind of questions like that's gonna make it so hard to share with not just that person but with anybody else that that's how you're feeling because it's like well now I'm scared to share about the fact that I'm feeling low because I was judged last time and honestly the that's like such a tricky situation to be in because again it's thinking about like you know what like I can't control their response like I can be proud of myself for like asking for help or you know being vulnerable like you know being open about where I'm at and we can definitely admit to ourselves, you know what, this really hurts. Like, I'm really hurt by this situation and the fact that it didn't go the way that I, it, I really hoped it would. And it went the way I really, really didn't want to. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, that's more of a reflection of that person than on me. Um, and I can't control how they respond to, to me. But it's not a nice place to be. No, it's definitely not. One of the like main, I guess, supportive techniques that I see running throughout the you know, the explanation that you just gave is self-compassion, right? We have to, to, I think vulnerability and self-compassion go hand in hand quite a bit because if we're opening up ourselves to that risk um, and let's say it doesn't go well, like you were describing, at the end of the day, what we have to remember is that you know, we, we tried our best. We love ourselves. We care about ourselves. We know that being vulnerable is good for like us individually and that we were true to ourselves and true to who we are and true to the way that we were thinking and feeling. Um, you know, all of those thoughts are, I would say integral to, in, integral to self-compassion and integral to, yeah, to just showing up for ourselves in a way that is, that maybe other people aren't showing up for us for and that's okay right because at the end of the day like if we can care for ourselves and if we can love ourselves and be vulnerable um to support ourselves first and foremost rather than to support other people uh then that's kind of what i tend to to try to look back on or to try to think about when things don't go the way that i was planning on them going and even just like when things don't go very well when we're vulnerable that's why it st- is so linked in with trust because when we're vulnerable with a person and they don't like that last example they don't respond in a very good way like that that trust with them very well may be gone or maybe we're we're starting to build trust with that person and we start being a little bit more vulnerable 
and they didn't respond in the right way it's like okay well maybe now you're off my list of the really really trustworthy people in my life and that's how these are so interlinked is because at the end of the day like we can't build true trust with a person without being vulnerable we can't really be vulnerable either without trusting ourselves and trusting that person a little bit as well yeah exactly you got to have a little bit of faith in in that person but yeah basically oh let's let's go with the definition of trust talked about how they're a bit into it's interlinked with vulnerability so basically trust is choosing to make something that is really really important to you vulnerable to the actions of somebody else say that one more time or so basically what it is is i kind of spoke about this in the last episode when we're talking about trust is if i trust you olivia which i do because you're a close friend when i trust you I choose to make something that's really, really important to me, something that's really, really close to my heart. And I give you that information. Mm. I kind of give you those cards of like, these are Becky's like most vulnerable cards. And I'm trusting that you're not going to do anything bad with those cards. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. You're trusting that I'm going to respect those cards and not break your trust by disrespecting giving that card to somebody else you know sharing that information with someone or me giving you that card and you just like ripping it up yeah or give or like you giving me that card and me manipulating a situation because I know that this thing hurts you or I know that this thing affects you a lot and then using that to to get my own way or to get you to do something I would say that that's the most common thing that I've seen within um, romantic relationships at least in my experience is giving you know giving trust to someone and letting being vulnerable and then having that used used against me but we'll get more into that when we talk about unhealthy relationships (laughs) that's what's so hard because that's what what building trust is right is me like giving you one of those cards right and I kind of like Brene Brown talks about it as everyone has like a trust jar like each person in our lives basically has a jar and every time I'm vulnerable with somebody and they respond in like a supportive way or a helpful way or in just a way that's respectful to the fact that I've been vulnerable they get a marble in their jar yeah and then the people that I trust most are the people whose jars are filled with marbles so like that would probably be like my parents like my boyfriend you and a couple of other really really tight close friends those jars are full whereas you know if we're never vulnerable with people if we're never vulnerable with a person we never ever give that person an opportunity to get a marble in their jar because we're never like providing an opportunity to like build that connection and build that relationship which is why trust and vulnerability are so interlinked I have never thought about it like that before that just blew my mind yeah I guess I guess that's a hundred percent true is we do have to give the people that we, you know, have relationships with in our lives, the opportunity to build trust with us. Oh, I've never thought about it like that. Well, and the reason why I really like the marble analogy is because I think a lot of people will identify with this is sometimes someone with marbles in their jar, their trust jar, will do something that basically is like taking a hammer and smashing that jar. 
yeah, because we're not all perfect and people let us down. That's just a part of life, right? Yeah. And that's this is what's so tricky with trust and vulnerability and connection with people. And <laughs> is when we think about that jar, someone does something that means that like they've be- like betrayed our trust, whatever that might be, and they've smashed that jar of marbles, it it's not just as easy as okay, let's start putting the marbles back in the jar. It's like no have this glass jar everywhere and you've got to pick up those pieces first before you can even start to rebuild that jar right and it's so someone does something where you're like oh that really hurt me like I really trusted you to not do this thing that I've shared with you and being vulnerable about it's so 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 hard to start rebuilding that trust with that person and not even just that person like when that that pit that like glass jar has been smashed for that one person it kind of taints everybody else's jars our view and it makes it so much harder to trust anyone because it's like you had a really full jar and then you went and smashed it yeah I mean if anyone has ever tried to pick up glass before you know that there's always just like shards absolutely everywhere and it's so hard to like I don't think I've ever cleaned up glass on the first sweep you know like a couple days later, I always end up finding shards somewhere and I'm like, dang it. Like the, here's another little shard, another little remnant of that glass that was broken. So yeah, I mean, even just the metaphor in itself may, <laughs> makes a lot of sense because I think that's exactly right. Where one thing happens in one relationship that makes you lose some trust and immediately you start thinking, well, if this person that I was really close to that I trusted a lot can hurt me in this way then why wouldn't some, why wouldn't everyone else hurt me in that way too? And why wouldn't people that maybe I don't trust as much hurt me in the same ways? And then we develop distrust, which is can be a really tough thing to come back from. Yeah, because you know, when there's that distrust and you're not vulnerable with anyone, the risk is too high now. Yeah, the risk is high because it hurts like hell when your trust is broken, right? It doesn't feel good at all when your trust is broken because we've tied in so much of ourselves and what makes us a person. And we've given those cards, essentially, we've shown our whole hand, we've shown, we've shown our deck, right? And once you, once you show your deck and someone sweeps it away, that can be, that can be really tough. The interesting thing about that metaphor and something that I want to kind of chat about is maybe someone smashes our glass, but I try to, especially with the people that I'm really close to, I mean, obviously, depending on the situation, but I try to look at more, look at it more like maybe some marbles have just fallen out of the jar. And I have developed such a good trusting relationship with this person and people make mistakes. So hopefully um, what has happened is that I have enough trust with this person that I trust that whatever they did to me was like not intentional and not that they didn't think it was going to hurt me in the way that it did hurt me, you know, like uh, a benefit of kind of the benefit of the doubt, right? I think that that kind of comes into play with trust and vulnerability a little bit as well. You know, there's a reason that, that you might've given those cards to that person and remembering that, yeah, I guess that we all make mistakes and that we all hurt each other at one point or another. And hopefully it's just a couple marbles that have fallen out that eventually we can put back instead of, you know, smash in that jar, but it totally depends on the situation, of course. But I think the benefit of the doubt is something that I try to strive towards in, in my friendships and also romantic relationships. 
Well, and even that's where it, again, comes down to that really good communication piece, right? Because if you are then able to have, like, a good conversation about, look, going, like, look, you did this and this has really, really hurt me, and being able to have a conversation about it and, like, hear their side of the the story, and like you say, you might gain more understanding as to why something like that maybe has happened, then that can, like you say, just help that understanding can also help with just be like, okay, like you've lost like five marbles rather than the whole jar. Is <laughs> yeah. So beyond vulnerability and good communication, how else can we build trust with the people in our lives and self-compassion? I think self-compassion helps us build trust too, because it's a lot easier to put yourself out there if you know at the end of the day that you have your back and that you love yourself, right? And you'll always be there for yourself and you'll always care for yourself regardless of the way that people interact with you. Yeah. I think setting clear boundaries as well can help. Ooh, ooh, explain. So it actually kind of comes back to what you were saying about like maybe like someone's not smashed the whole jar, maybe they've lost a couple of marbles. Because sometimes if there aren't clear boundaries in that relationship of like what's okay and what's not okay for us, it might mean that like you say the reason why that person hurt us was kind of an accident. They hadn't thought about it because they didn't realize maybe something wasn't okay for us um, or didn't know like what the limit was for us or like what we were kind of hoping or expecting from them. So I wonder if like kind of like having good boundaries and seeing people like respect those boundaries as well can help build trust. You know, if we're saying like, okay, like that's not okay for me and a person like is respectful of that and follows that, then that can be like, okay, like you're like, you've shown that you are willing to like listen and respect what I need kind of thing. Absolutely. That's actually, that's a really good example. One of the other things that, we were talking about before this podcast uh, when it comes to building trust is, you know, taking accountability when we make mistakes, someone's trust might not be completely broken, or maybe a couple marbles didn't even fall out of the jar because you have a really great relationship or maybe whatever it is that, you know, um, I don't know, something negative that doesn't necessarily break someone's trust, right? Like we all have negative interactions with each other taking accountability when we do something that hurts another person or when we do something that's negative helps to build that trust because then that person knows, hey, they care about me and they're going to take accountability and take responsibility when they do make a mistake and something does hurt me and they're going to like learn from those actions, which is showing me respect, but then also showing me that I can trust their reactions, right? I can trust this person even when they're in the wrong and I think that is a pretty special thing, is trusting someone even, even when they're in the wrong shows that a really trusting and supportive and vulnerable relationship has been created, which is a pretty special thing. Well, just even like it's an honest relationship, right? If you can have conversations about getting things wrong and like taking accountability and it being like a discussion, right? Versus kind of a immediately like striking you off the list kind of thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. One of the things that I would say would have to be one of the most common things that I see in romantic movies or rom-coms is like, I don't trust you anymore. How can I ever trust you? Like making trust and making vulnerability 
into this big sort of like I don't know rom-com kind of thing that sometimes feels can feel goofy to even talk about or feel corny to talk about because it's so over talked about I think and like maybe because it's over talked about um or associated a lot with those type of films or with like I don't know just general like corniness that a lot of folks don't necessarily take it super seriously I think like how important it is for how important it is in building those relationships yeah and also that like that rom-com style of like trust and vulnerability makes it seem it's so black and white it's yeah, it's like, yeah, totally. They do one thing wrong and, oh my God, I don't trust you anymore. It's seen that it's just like, there's a right and a wrong and that's it. And yeah, like you say, and also it's one of, it makes it seem very much like you get something wrong once and then that's it. Like an end of any form of like friendship or relationship, whatever it is, because it's like, we got one thing wrong. Whereas in reality, it's way more gray than that. You know, especially if it's someone that's extremely close to you when they get something wrong or they've hurt us, whatever it is that might be, might feel like they've broken our trust. It's not always as simple as going, well, that's it. Or like, well, I want to rebuild that trust. You mean so much to me. Um, Mm -hmm. But this really, really hurts and I'm going to have a hard time with it. But I think maybe I would like to try and work through it as well. Yeah. And the thing is, is we don't always know where we feel or what we feel and where we're at with it. I've, there's a relationship in my life right now that I experienced a significant loss of trust, but this person is, you know, very, very close to me and someone that will always be in my life. And um, yeah, they'll always be in my life. And it's been really interesting because one day I feel that trust And then the next, it can be completely different to where I don't feel that trust and I just don't, don't feel secure. And I think sometimes it can even fluctuate with the way that I'm feeling. So monitoring and thinking about how my own, I don't know, maybe I'm having a bad day. So I'm feeling less trustworthy towards that person because I'm just like feeling more insecure in myself or whatever it is versus on a better day, I might have a little bit more patience or a little bit more understanding or a little bit just like more room for compassion and therefore more room to think about building that trust with that person again. An important thing is as well is to remember we can't ask for like time and space. Yeah. Happens like we can be like, hey, look, this is bringing out a lot of like complex feelings for me, and this is feeling like a lot. So I'm just gonna need like time before I can even think about like working through this. If that's something that I'm feeling is like gonna be the right direction for me, I'm 100% one of those people where I always ask for time because I'm really, if I'm feeling extremely emotional about something. I have a really hard time of like making sense of my thoughts me too I like most people don't think the most rational if I'm like super angry or I'm super anxious or really really upset about something whatever it is even if I'm really really happy about something um Mm -hmm. so I am one of those people where I have to be like okay I need a little bit of time so that I can like calm down a bit and have a little bit more time to like think about the situation um see where I'm at in the long run because quite often I find that in the immediate moment I'm like I'm not okay with this ever and Mm -hmm. then (laughs) give me like the next day I'll be thinking about and I'm like okay like 
I'm feeling a little bit not better about the situation but like I feel like now that I've calmed down I'm able to think about the situation a little bit clearer um and that kind of stuff as well so even like if there's something I want to talk to my partner about like and I say he's been annoying me for something I have to be like I'm feeling really like frustrated right now but I need to like have some time to think about what I want to say because otherwise it's going to come out like in a really unproductive way where the way I'm going to word it to you is going to make you get your back up because I'm not like I'm wording it probably more aggressive than like saying that I'm frustrated (laughs) so like I'll be like I need to just like give me a couple of hours and then I'll come with you like with actually what I want to say and sometimes even in that time I'm like oh like I've worked it out now I know what I need to do um so sometimes just that that like I need time and space and that's okay it's absolutely okay um although it can be really hard to tell people that we need time and space especially because I think as people we always want to be making others happy so we can put their needs before ours and sometimes people's needs include wanting to know what's wrong with you or like what you're experiencing and what you're feeling and putting that person's needs aside and instead putting your needs first actually is beneficial for the entire situation so that things don't escalate for sure. Um, For someone that is having a really hard time with either being vulnerable or trusting others um, especially someone that maybe struggles with anxiety or someone that, um, you know, has, has some maybe trauma because of past, past experiences or past, um, relationships, not necessarily working out or that trust and vulnerability being, um, being manipulated essentially, where would you suggest, or where would we suggest that people get started with beginning to, re-explore what it looks like to be vulnerable and to be trusting or to explore it for the first time I think I think a really important thing is to first of all explore what being vulnerable really does mean to us and kind of thinking about if there are times that we are being vulnerable and we just maybe hadn't labeled it as that you know putting ourselves out there whether that's even like I don't know um applying for a new job (laughs) (laughs) you know something like that where it's like oh that is a little bit vulnerable you're like putting yourself out there saying kind of what you want and what you hope and kind of asking ourselves like okay like has it always gone bad when I've been vulnerable has there been like some positive times when I've been vulnerable um and then also I think sometimes it's worth just starting off small (laughs) and just seeing how how those go we you know being vulnerable and trying out being vulnerable doesn't have to mean telling everyone everything about us yeah I'm trying to think of an example of like something small that someone could start with to be vulnerable but it's hard because vulnerability is so individual um but maybe like a good example of starting small would be something like um even just letting someone know that you're trying to practice vulnerability and trying to be more trusting I think that's a huge step and it's actually it's a huge step but a small step right because it's not you necessarily opening up about those things and showing those cards but it's letting someone know that you are wanting to do that right it's something that you're working on something that you're trying to work towards it would maybe be my suggestion of something small that you could start with or even like thinking about 
I'm just thinking even about the example you were saying about like having to be vulnerable to ask people to hang out like when you're in a new yeah maybe thinking about what the long-term like aim of that is is so like you know to like build a bigger social circle um in Victoria right um and maybe for someone to break it down into thinking okay like how what smaller steps of vulnerability can I do to get myself there maybe it's joining like an open meetup group where everyone is going there because they're like nervous and they're new to the area or something because then it's like well the risk is a little bit lower because I know everyone is going there for the same reason um yeah everyone's in the same boat right they're all everyone at the same time is putting themselves in a vulnerable risky position I think as well like having like a little like vulnerability buddy oh yeah I love that even thinking even as like social situations I feel really like I have to be pretty vulnerable to go to like a social situation if it's with people that I'm not really close with um it it makes me really anxious if I don't know a lot of people so like my vulnerability feels a lot more reduced if I go with somebody you know something like that where it's even like and it might even be me saying to like that friend, like, hey, look, like I could really do with just like some social support with this. Um, I'm not expecting you to stand by my side the whole time, but it'll be nice to know that if I get overwhelmed, I can just come and join your conversation. And, um, you know, whether that's, you know, having like a, a friend where it's like, okay, like I want to work towards this. Like, can you help me? I love that. And then you're not, you know, then you kind of have that one person that at the same time that you're building your own ability to be vulnerable and trusting, you're building that relationship at the same time, which is going to help you to be more vulnerable and trusting in your other relationships. A vulnerability buddy. Oh, that's, I like, I like that a lot. That sounds nice. You want to be my vulnerability buddy? Oh. I feel like you already are my vulnerability buddy and you know I feel like you have my whole deck at this point so I don't know if it's really uh if it's really what you're getting at but nonetheless I want you to be that okay is there anything else that you want to add about trust and vulnerability in relationships Becky I just want to say that like they're both really really difficult and nuanced things mm-hmm. I would say the hardest like communication like we chatted about last time and expressing your needs, you know, that that's one thing. That's that's something that we can kind of like, we can use solar, right? We can have like good eye contact and open body posture and we can listen and we can like practice those tangible skills, um, which sometimes can make things like communication easier. But vulnerability and trust is a little bit less of those like tangible skills that we can practice and a little bit more of practicing those harder things like self-compassion, and openness and uh yeah those things that really get to the root of who we are as as human beings and who and involves a lot of feelings so uh yeah it's it's super super tough it's definitely not as easy as as it sounds or as we might describe for sure yeah and you know we've been kind of using a lot of examples in the sense of like in like a relationship with a partner or with a friend but trust and vulnerability can be so much harder with like family members as well you know, you mentioned, oh, yeah. you mentioned right at the start how it can be harder to be vulnerable with those people, but it's, you know, really, really tricky when like trust or, you know, is like gone with like someone that's, you know, like a parent or like it can be really hard to be vulnerable if we're really, really worried of what the outcome is going to be with a parent. Even just thinking about like the examples of like, I don't know, 
maybe our parents had always set us up to tell us that we were gonna I don't know train to be a doctor and we're gearing up to tell them actually no that's not what we want to do for our lives right that act of vulnerability like that comes with a lot of like risk and emotional exposure and uncertainty because I don't know there's a bit there's more of that power dynamic involved in that right and even more nuances than um like a friendship or a non-platonic relationship yeah absolutely and you know oftentimes our family and you even like our really really good friends like I said in the beginning are those people that they're in our corner you know those are the people that we want to be able to rely on those are the folks that we have developed potentially years and years worth of of trust with and with family sometimes at least for me I can feel like natural trust or like a natural connection because well because you're family um and when those when those relationships when those relationships are broken or damaged or affected, um, it can not only feel as though our trust has been broken, but it can feel as though a very large part and significant part of our life has changed or been taken away, and that is a whole other beast that is <laughs> yeah very complicated and very tough to deal with. Um, and it relates to what I was saying earlier of that's something that I'm kind of going through right now. Um, and the way that I've been coping with it is knowing that it's going to take time and it's okay if it takes time. And then also talking to my support network. So seeing a counselor um, to really discuss those intricate relationships because uh, yeah, you know, like situations like that are pretty tough and talking to someone really can help. Yeah, and even just thinking about that as well, like sometimes those like conversations might need to happen in kind of a neutral safe space. So like whether that's like with a family counselor, whether that's with like a mediator, um, a couples counselor, something like that, where it's like actually for everyone to be able to have the best kind of conversation, sometimes having like a third party there. <laughs> can sometimes be a really useful option just even thinking about like partners where something like I don't know the trust is gone for some reason or like the trust it feels like it's breaking down like having that mediator of like a couple's counselor can be really really supportive and like even just helping you hear each other's perspectives and where things are going and why things are happening the way that they are and some people feel more comfortable sharing when they're in that kind of space as well because they know that there's like another person there to try and like keep the situation calm and that kind of stuff as well. So that's, you know, sometimes can be an option, a supportive option for us. Yeah. And, you know, when we're being vulnerable or if our trust has been broken, that can feel like a pretty unsafe situation for us in general. And then, you know, already then adding on top of that, a relationship kind of breaking down and there needing to be some sort of communication and way, and you're hoping to fix that, that can feel even more unsafe. So having someone there to chat through those things with you can be, can be incredibly supportive because um, we just want to mention again that, you know, trust and vulnerability are no small feat. They are incredibly challenging, challenging things and something that, you know, we need to work on throughout our lives and throughout all of our relationships and not something that just comes immediately. It takes a lot of risk. It takes a lot of uncertainty. It takes a lot of trust in ourselves and 
compassion towards ourselves and all of those things are really 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 hard uh to develop so um please don't leave this podcast feeling as though oh my gosh i'm never vulnerable i don't trust anyone and i need to work on that and change it all immediately because I would say that these wellness skills are among, I don't want to say among the hardest, but uh, yeah, pretty, pretty significant. Well, and they're so tied to like our life experiences, you know, can make it even more trickier, right? So, yeah. So what really works, listeners, if you are absolutely panicking, then please don't panic just because take it slow and uh, figure out what naturally feels better for you. I don't want to say feels good for you because vulnerability doesn't always feel good, um, but what feels more, yeah, what feels natural for you. And yeah, look forward to continuing our relationship series. I guess I didn't spill that much tea during this episode of, uh, of all my big changes, but stay tuned and maybe I'll drop some more tea in the next episode. Some incentive out there, guys. Yeah, so like you said, this is a mini series. So we're going to have episodes coming up on boundaries. Um, we're going to have a conversation about what might be a supportive versus not so supportive um, relationships. Me and Olivia have many conversations about what red flags really mean. Oh, and, yeah. And even, you know, we hope to have a conversation about like when a relationship maybe isn't working for us and what happens when a relationship maybe comes to an end and how do we support ourselves through that as well? Yeah. And in that, we're going to talk about how to end and like breaking up in friendships, which I'm so excited to chat about because that is a very like interesting and hard, yeah, hard topic. So stay tuned everyone and looking forward to chatting with you next week again, Becky. It's so nice to be able to catch up and do our podcast and zoom and all these fun things. Yeah, it's exciting. I love it. Alrighty. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. We are currently recording in the podcast booth inside Staples Studio located in Kelowna. Staples Studio is a co-working space for those looking for a safe alternative to working from home. I know I feel so stuck at home these days, and going to Staples makes me feel like I actually have a change of pace. They offer not only a safe space to work with desks, offices, private phone booths, and meeting rooms, they are connected to the Staples store where they have everything you need under one roof. Studio is more than just a co-working space. Studio is a community to help you work, learn, and grow. Follow them on Instagram at Staples Studio Canada for more information on locations, pricing, and amenities. Please visit studio.staples.ca and book a virtual tour. Thanks again for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms. And if you don't want to miss any future episodes, you can follow us or subscribe to What Really Works. To find more from Discovery College, go to discoverycollegecolona.com. And thanks again to Staple Studio in supporting us to produce this podcast. <laughs>